You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And it is Tech Fan Podcast number 247. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. And uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Running uh, uh, an ad-free podcast, other than the, the ads that we put in for other shows in the Stoplight Network. But they're not paying us to do that. I mean... They run our ads, we run their ads. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, one of the joys of podcasting is that I think this is something a lot of organizations, you know, people who, who started on the web and started in podcasts many years ago have kind of lost sight of over the years. You don't have to get paid to do this. Yeah. If you if you have another gig, if you have a source of income so you've got a roof over your head, you can do this just for the enjoyment of doing it. A, a lot of people now are out there that, and they're chasing ad revenue because oh well I've, i need staff and i need this and i need that and i've got overheads and you know well, i appreciate this has overheads and then you know you pay those overheads and we all all of us who enjoy always have enjoyed my mac and enjoy the uh the podcasts on on your network and everything appreciate that that, that you're you're able to cover the overheads but they're not um you know we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars at least i hope we're not you know, the flip side is that I know a lot of writers and content creators from other sites, and uh, a lot of them are out of business right now because the number of publications have been, you know, cut in more than half. I mean, all the Big Mac publications are pretty much gone now. Yeah. They, um, there is no money in print. No. But I hear these people when I approach them, or they approach me, actually. Because I don't usually approach them about it. Hey, are you looking for people to write at my Mac? Sure, we're always looking. Well, I don't work for free. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're not working at all right now. Well, get your name out there. Well, look, I understand. The, the, the problem with that is that for every person like yourself who says well i can't pay you because we never we never pay anybody we never have we've always been a volunteer site for every person like you there's probably 15 20 people who are uh, marketing representatives for very big relatively wealthy publications who are saying to writers well write for me for free but i'll put your name out there they are they're effectively they're exploiting that same effect and that's that's part of it. but that's why people are gun shy about doing that is because they don't want to be exploited and yeah but if they do people, two minutes of homework they'll see that we're not one of those sites that we've been doing this for yeah. 21 years yeah and, but then they're, then they're worried then they're thinking well you know as a as a professional if i if i do it for free anywhere even at even at your site then that says to people that i'm willing to do it for free um and that that drives down the, the my value of my words and all that sort of thing and i can i have some sympathy with that view if, if I you're do writer, accept those people aren't writing anywhere because nobody's uh, yeah. paying them yeah I, I that, that's the problem and I think as well that um, unfortunately in the creative arts just like Hollywood is full of uh, professional waiters who occasionally do some acting yeah if you can't earn a living being a full-time writer then you have to earn a living doing something else and move your writing to a non-full-time basis yep. until you get that gig because let's face it there is there has never been enough writing jobs on the internet or anywhere else to sustain everybody who wants to write who's good at it no never never have no and for for every successful uh uh, novelist uh for every successful playwright for every successful poet there's 
probably thousands and thousands of them who were who were as good if not better who for one reason or another never get a deal never get a break that is unfortunately the business yep you're absolutely right yeah and um you know you have to I, I it must be hard if you've spent 15 20 years in professional publishing being paid by the word or being a, a staff writer or something to suddenly find yourself out of work but um you know that is that is the reality of the situation if you've got bills to pay you can't you, can't, you know you've got to go and stack shelves in the supermarket if it comes to it there's a few that come to mind that are just adamant i mean they're almost militant about it and yet they're not working at all and they're looking for work and at anything at this point and I, you know, I, I feel sorry for them, but it's like, uh, you know what, if, if you really want to find the paying gigs, you have to have something current going on that people can look at. Yeah. Well, here's something that I did four years ago. Well, what have you been doing since then? Well, nothing. That, that looks worse than, oh, I'm, I'm still writing over here on this site. You don't have to tell them you're not being paid. Well, I, I don't know. I, even even if they, even if you don't want to write for somebody else, it's never been easier to write easier exactly. to write for yourself and get an audience. Well, that's what I, I'm saying. I'm sorry. If but, you're a professional writer, there is no excuse for not having a blog where people can read current stuff, stuff that you would be paid for. Yep. If you you know because as, as you say, your craft is your craft. You've got to. I mean, go, look at look at my analogy about the about the um, the waiters in Hollywood. Yeah, most of them don't just wait tables and do nothing else. They're all auditioning all the time. They're all out doing acting classes, trying to get better. They're all doing um, uh, helping each other, mentoring each other. Free plays. Uh, free plays. Um, yeah, you got to be out there. Stuff. You got to put yeah. yourself out there to to get noticed. And you know, if you're a writer and you're not writing professionally for someone, at the very least, start your own blog. Start writing there. Write about your passion. Because then there's an opportunity that someone could potentially find you. Or you're at least building an online resume of your writing that you can then shop to places when you apply for a job. But if you're just sitting there going, oh, I don't work for free, and you're not doing anything, well, well then you're just dumb. Then, then you're not helping yourself at all. I mean, in, in the, the, kind of the Apple tech press, there are plenty of people who, who will let go from Macworld who have, um, you know, Jason Snell's a good example. He was the editor of Macworld, crying out loud. He set up his own site, and you know he's doing his own thing. Yep. And he's built he's built a successful site on the back of that. Yeah. What is it? Six colors. Six colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good site. It's you not know. bad. It's yeah. not bad. I, I'm sure he's not earning what he was earning at MacWorld. Um. But you know he's writing and he's earning enough to keep a roof over his head. And he's building something. Uh, of course he is. Yes. But he's he's very quickly actually. I mean, he's, he's only been at it for just over a year, and yet it's become one of the better tech sites, in my view. Yep. Uh, and and part of the reason for that is because it's not loaded with crapware and ads and commercial stuff in your in your face and all the flash rubbish and the. I, I tell you, I, I there's websites that I am now just refusing to go to. Ones that they have content that I want to read, but it's getting really bad out there david some of these ads literally block everything on your screen and there's this one right now it draws a baseball across your screen right and you can't even close that ad until it's done drawing it and it takes about 10 seconds now what's 10 seconds who cares right well i care 
I'm sitting there watching this. I don't even know what company it is because by the time it's done drawing the ad, I'm so pissed off that I'm just closing that entire window and, and going to a different website because they just lost me as a viewer. So they complain, we're not making enough money, we have to have ads. Okay, I get it. Uh, too many people are using ad blockers, and that means we're not getting paid for our content. I get that too. But that doesn't mean you get to resort to this kind of intrusive, belligerent ads. That's yeah. that's so disrespectful for the people that actually work for you and creating your content. Yeah. So if your business model isn't working, come up with a different business model. If people hate the ads that you're putting up there and they're using ad blockers, well, guess what? Ad blockers don't work when it comes to just text ads. So put some of those up there that's not intrusive. This blog post or this this uh, article is sponsored by, boom, and it's just text. No Java, no Flash, none of that crap. Just that at the beginning of the article. Because so I, I guarantee to, you yeah. people will see that ad. Or you put that ad in the middle of the article. So here's the problem with that, okay? Um, the problem with this, and and you know we've 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 ever since uh, the, this this kind of bubbled up when iOS nine came out because it supports ad blockers on mobile, okay? And um, back then um, I remember uh, Brendan Rowland, long time uh, you know BJ Rowland, long time friend of the show, sent me a link to an article I actually already already read on idlewords.com, which was uh, it's a great read. Uh, it talks about website obesity. It talks about basically the difference between downloading some of the big sites on the internet with and without ad blocks, uh, and how how much rubbish and how many stupid page referrals and everything you get when you put up with all this stuff. It's not just the stuff that you see on the on the screen. There's hundreds of megabytes of stuff every time you go to a simple text page because of all the ads that are coming up and and you, you know your web your web browser has to hit 50 or 60 different domains to um to just surrender the page and we've all been on the situations where the page is loaded except for the ads and you don't get to see anything until the ads come in yep and you know it's an insane spider web of insanity it and then these and then to make matters worse these publishers aren't even serving the ads themselves. They're relying on third parties. So they're they're allowing third parties to push content to their own property without any kind of oversight. Yeah. And the big problem there, David, and this isn't even this could happen, it is happening that malicious software is being delivered via these ad networks to popular sites such as the BBC, MSN, and it is installing software on your computer that's basically holding your content hostage until you pay them. Yeah. To use an analogy, this is basically like going into Walmart and then freely allowing, via a third party, them to have roaming muggers in the store. Yes. Exactly basically, right. as you shop, come up to come up to you, and they steal your wallet. Yep. That I don't know effect. how people are not suing MSN and the BBC over this, because ultimately it is their responsibility. People went to their website, and they got malware, ransomware installed on their computer. It is a hundred percent their fault. Now they could well, it came through the ad network. We don't control that. You do control that. You allow that ad network by your own malicious uh, business 
plans to 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 serve your customers, your readers, content. This is, this, yeah, this is this is what annoyed me about this whole debate because everyone has always talked about the impact on you know on sites and revenue and everything from using ad blockers. Nobody has ever turned around and said, "Well, hang on a minute." They're talking about this ad model like it's a force of nature yeah like it's the only you know it's the natural order things it's like gravity you can't turn it off you can't change it you just have to accept that that's the way it is it's like the hell it is absolutely the hell it is right these ad networks are the are the uh, the big the they are they are the the villains of this piece yes they have used technology well they're not the only ones no i i would disagree they're they are not they are the publishers themselves are also the villains because they haven't done their own job all right sorry for that weird edit right there the uh dog started barking i had a neighbor come up and knock on the door and there was no just rolling with that one so Sorry, folks. <laughs> Real okay, life and truth. You'll be glad the dog's barking at three in the morning when somebody's trying to break in. So yeah, yeah, yep. The, the listeners probably won't care. No, <laughs> and I won't be recording a podcast at three in the morning either. Well, you never know. We've got a lot to talk about. Maybe the show might go that long. Mm, probably not. It's it's a it's a curious case. My, uh, you know, I, I feel sorry for my neighbor. He's being sued, and now he just filed a countersuit against a property owner. And uh, my neighbor is 100% in the right, and I know it because the guy, the the property owner that's suing him, um, gave me information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't really care who's in the right or who's in the wrong. I just don't like to see someone lie, and I don't like yeah. to see someone get cheated. And then to go ahead and sue somebody is wrong. When yeah. when that person was in the wrong to begin with and then you're going to sue someone uh, yeah. it's it's disgusting behavior and uh i i happily go to court for the guy if it comes yeah. to that i'll i'll testify on his behalf yeah. because i'm an impartial first-hand witness and uh all i'm going to do is tell the truth and now all our listeners are as well so they will go to court for you as yep. well yep material witnesses <laughs> all of you all two of yeah. you <laughs> So we were talking about um, publishers and uh, ad networks and that sort of thing. And you were saying that you think the publishers are the villains here. Uh, no, I, no, no, not just – they're not the only villains, but they no. are a villain. Let's they are make a that villain. Clear. I, I actually I, – I think the problem is is that in this debate, there's been a lot of talk about the publishers and a lot of talk about the readers and ad blocking everything. There hasn't been a lot of talk about, talk about the ad networks. And I don't get that because I hold them more responsible than the publishers. Because the the ad networks are effectively a monopoly. They all operate the same way, and there is no competition in this market. It's a race to the bottom. And what they've done is they've used the wide availability of computing power and broadband internet to basically load up our browsers with piles and piles of code and bandwidth-consuming junk that does nothing for us doesn't deliver the promised things i hear all the time is oh well you know the reason we track you and the reason we do all of this is so you can get served better ads baloney if i if i if i was truly getting served better ads i might care less about this but in fact all i ever get are ads for things i've already just bought yeah and ads for fat belly busters and um erection pills and hair loss and, and and um 
you know things about you know ten thing ten th- t- ten people who can't get hired in Hollywood anymore, and all of this kind of drivel that appears round all these pages, and everybody gets all this same stuff. There is there is no target. If the target advertising is there, it sucks so bad it's not worth having. That's right. Yeah, it's certainly not worth having all this privacy and tracking baloney, which doesn't work. Yeah, so the the ad networks aren't delivering what they say they promise us. What they are actually doing is building all this technology so that they can automate their own systems. Yeah, take as mu- many people out of the system as possible to drive their own costs down, and then they give less per click to every single user. They are shaking down the entire internet. And I've never heard. I've heard of websites going to the wall. I've heard of writers not being able to write. I've heard of print publications going out of print. I haven't ever heard in the last five years of any big online ad network going out of business. And the reason there, David, is because the publishers out there are the ones that created this problem to begin with. They didn't want to do the hard work. They didn't want to have to hire someone to sell or to to sell ads on their site and to host those ads locally. They wanted to push those kind of jobs out to third parties. And that's what they've done. And they're the ones, they're the ones that created this beast to begin with. And every one of the major sites are complicit in this. Go to CNN right now and it's news, 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 10 Hollywood stars, uh, and, and what they look at childhood stars and what they look like today. I, I'll go to CNN right now. Let's let's just let's yeah, try let's, this let's on the, this for our listeners. Try that yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm going to CNN. Um, I've got a very fast. <laughs> okay, so I'll turn off my. Uh, I use ghostry blocking, so yeah. um, I'm going to turn that off and reload my page. Uh, the interesting thing about ghostry is it actually tells me um, all the uh, trackers and things that are going on on here. Uh, so well, are, this one has. Well, has um, NCAA March Madness on the left, at the top, and on the right, and it's a video that automatically plays. Really, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that, guys. You know, because eh, what do I care? It's just, it's just gonna run right there on my website. Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is, is that they do this lovely thing where you can't. They've designed the ads on this site, so you can't really tell which are the ads and which is the, their content, which is nice. Yeah. I like that one, too. Uh, there's 14 separate trackers trying to uh, track me on this page, according to um, according to Ghostry. Yeah, and here, here well, promoted stories. Promoted stories. These are all ones that, it, it looks like it's their content, but it's not. Here are the best brands for comfortable shoes. Famous people in famous busts. Um, what these awkward Harry Potter stars look like now. Wow, that's exactly the thing I was just talking about. Twenty-two or yeah. 32 eerie celeb funeral photos. Really, CNN? This is yeah. the kind of stuff that you're pushing out. This is what? This, it's, it's unbelievable. And, yeah, and there's just it's just loaded with ads. It's everywhere. So if one of these ad sites go down, and they push out malicious software through that ad network, you're on CNN's website and you get infected because of it. That's CNN's financial responsibility. And it's because they didn't want to hire an ad guy. They they wanted to farm it out 
They wanted to ship the jobs overseas because it was cheaper and easier because that's what their yeah, business model is. Shame on those sites. And, and and even, again, even if, I can, depending on the size of, of you, I can understand why some sites would want to do that. The smaller the site is, the less inclined they're going to be to have somebody or to be able to afford to have somebody who can handle their traffic for them. And let's take a, a you know, a, a big, biggish site run by one person. Let's say John Gruber, Daring Fireball, right? He's one guy. There is no way he could afford to have somebody dedicated to do the advertising for him. Actually, in, in John Gruber's case, he's at the stage now he probably could afford to do that. Yeah? If he wanted to cut, I know his site is not covered in ads, but if he wanted to do that and have these sorts of ads all around the site, he could probably, his site is probably big enough now that he could afford to do that and make money. But a smaller, smaller organization couldn't. I mean, if, you, if you decide you want that sort of advertising tomorrow, my Mac couldn't afford to do it off the bat, could it? You'd have to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but there's no way I would ever go with a, an ad network. I don't care if I'm no, losing money that, or not this, because the point the point I'm trying to make is that CNN there's nothing wrong with outsourcing jobs that aren't your core business. Okay? And maybe CNN's a weak example, but CNN could decide corporately assuming they were in an independent news organization only and not a part of a multimedia conglomerate, um, they could decide, you know what, we want to, we, we're all journalists here, we just want to focus on the news. We don't want to, we don't want to do ad sales, so we, we'll outsource that. But even there, it's their <coughs> choice who they get to do that job. Yeah. And the problem is, because it's a monopoly, there are no ad networks now that offer properly curated ads that are tailored to your customers, to your viewers. There are just basically bot-based ad networks that's effectively what they are all the ad networks are bot-based they have a team of people who go out and populate their database with ads yeah but the actual stuffing of the ads sending the ads out getting them onto people's sites and everything it's all done automatically it's all done by algorithms in fact what you pay and how you pay and where you appear is all done on the fly when each person loads a page and it's all about optimizing the business model of the ad networks Yep. Yeah. They want as much information from the publishers as possible about who you are and, and what you what you what you do and where you go and everything. And they dress that up and say, oh, that's so we can serve you better ads. Bollocks. But we know that. Uh, it, but here's the thing, David. Everything you just said is 100 percent right. Yep. It's still the the publication's fault. And here's why. Because this has been known for a long time. Yeah. And they've done nothing about it. I they still use yeah. those ad networks, even I though there's new yeah. stories about malicious software being installed because of them. Is is it changing yeah. anything right now? No. So no, and uh, yeah, I, I don't. Here I, I don't blame. Yeah, here, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't yeah. blame the the evil because they know they're evil. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Okay, yeah, to try and draw another tortured analogy, this is, we're now in a situation where um, if, you, if you say the ad networks are like the mafia, and this is, this is a, a, a you know, protection racket, the, the people in the protection, the people who are paying the protection racket, the people who are buying stuff in the ad networks, they know that they're offering a crappy experience, they know they're, that they're effectively being shaken down by the mafia, and rather than go and... Uh, do something about it and get together and organize against it they're going oh well that's just the way it is and they're just putting up with it and then when people try and block the ads because it's so they horrible complain. they complain 
they complain and say, well, that's our revenue going away. Whereas, in fact, the we can't – you and me, as a consumer on the internet, cannot do anything about the ad networks. The only pro- action we can take is to block the ads and block the tracking. Yep. What the publishers can do is they can go to those ad networks and say, <coughs> your, your, your ads suck. Your tracking sucks. We don't want it anymore. We want you've got to do better for us. You're not offering the right stuff to our customers. You know what? So many times I have contacted website owners because I've seen inappropriate advertising on their site. I've done this two or three times over the last three, four years, and each time they've gone, "Oh, really? Can you send me a screenshot?" They can't even tell what ads are being shown on their site. That's right. Now, if I'm on a tech site and I'm seeing all these kind of, you know. Um, diet pills and, and this that and the other there was one particular case it was a small site but they've they've been around for a while i can't remember who it was but they were they were kind of um they were your typical sort of gadget blog they've been around for a long time and they're not by any stretch of the imagination a small mom and pop operation they have a staff of four or five yeah and they've been around for a long time this is these are these are people who kind of know the ropes and when i said look these ads are appearing and they're completely inappropriate and in one case on one device effectively as because they had a, a funky wordpress um mobile ad- adaptive layout basically you had to swipe horizontally on an ipad and the way the ads were appearing was if you weren't very very careful you accidentally cl- touched the ad when you were swiping across and then the ad would um, redirect you to another site and so i raised it with this one and they went oh oh okay yeah can you send me a screenshot i didn't know that app was running on our site and so how can you not know how can you, as somebody who's been around for a while, sign up to an ad network and say to them, right, these ads – and by the way, the ads were completely inappropriate. They were for financial products or something. These ads are not allowed on my site. No visitor is allowed to see these ads. Oh, and these ads need to be compliant with my uh, with my um, WordPress uh, template. Um, and, you know, the, you've, these are the things you must specify when you sign up a contract with somebody. Yep. And nobody does. Mm-mm. And so it's not surprising that – you know the experience is terrible and because the experience is terrible people run ad blockers that cnn site we just went to i'm looking here it's 14 different um places analytics advertising facebook for widgets and social beacons um more widgets comments more advertisers four or five different advertising networks on here um eight or nine different widgets things um at least three or four sets of analytics uh, it's it's just crazy. Yep. It's absolutely crazy. And all this is all traffic. You know? And, um, yeah, we're turning it off, and people are going, oh, that means we're not going to get any money. Oh, well, the whole web's going to implode. If you, you know go what? to MyMac, the only thing that's being served from a third party is the Facebook widget. That's it. There's no ads. Although people say, well, yeah, there's a whole bunch of ads right there on the right-hand side. Look at all those little squares. Yeah, those are all banners. That's hosted on my site, with the exception of uh, an Amazon banner, which I probably, I might as well remove because no one's ever used it. That's the uh, what the Amazon Associates. Yep. Uh, but even yeah. that isn't being served outside. That is being served on my server. I mean, yeah. if you hover over it, you'll you'll see that it's a yeah. it's a click. I can that, see. Yeah. It, it, it's a link off this server. It's not um, yeah. going. If someplace. you do an ad blocker on our site, does anything get blocked other than maybe the Facebook thing? No. Uh, no. Well, uh, yeah, I'm using. I use Ghostry, so Ghostry is really more of a tracker blocker than an ad blocker. Um, and yeah, the only thing it's identified here is Facebook, the Facebook social. Right. No. That's it. Which, I, which frankly, I could live with. 
as personally, I don't use Facebook, so I, I can. But a lot of one. people do, and I want people that come to our website to be able to like our Facebook page because they might get more information there. Uh, and that, that's fair enough. The problem is, is that if you have one, then a lot of organisations say, oh, "Well, we've got to have more than just that. We've got to have." Um, five, we've got to have ten, we've got to have Twitter, we've got to have all these other ones, and then you get the ads associated with those as well. Um, yep. the, the, here's the, the other thing, is that I think a lot of people are far more creeped out by the tracking than they are by the ads. A I would agree people, with you. A lot of people will put up with the ads. We all watch TV, we all put up with the ads on there, but what they don't want is them to be looking at something on one site, and then three days later pick up their iPhone and get an ad for the thing they were looking at, because it just goes... These people are looking at what I'm doing, and I don't like it. Yep. You know, and there's there's a thing that you can't ever opt out. The, the industry's tried to come up with two or three different ways to opt these out, and every time the advertising industry, oh, then they get vocal. Then they're putting things in the press saying, no, this is this is for your benefit. We're doing you a favor. The, you the know, ones, then, then they're lobbying Congress to make right. sure that it doesn't get in, uh, in, imposed. The one side of this that we're not touching on is the complete what. We, the consumer, we, the reader, we, the, it is somewhat our fault as well, because we don't want to pay for content. Nobody wants to pay for content and we want everything to be free. We, we want to be able to look at any article online for free, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is, you know, that's, that's our fault too. I, well, the problem, I think, the problem there is, at, I don't think that's actually, that's a simplification. I, I don't, I think a lot of people don't like paywalls. What I don't want to do is have to pay individually for every single website I go to. I don't want to have to subscribe to every single website I want to read. It's apart from anything else. Not only does the cost rack up if you want to to read lots and lots of the web. But also, it, administratively, it's a pain in the neck. Yeah. Each one you've got to sign up for. You've got to give credit card details. You've got, if you if you decide that you um, if you decide that you 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 want to you don't want to read that one again, you've got to remember to go and desubscribe and all that sort of thing. That's the problem with it. I think a lot of people would pay for content, but the the way it's done is so crude yep. that a lot of people aren't prepared to do with it. Mm-hmm. And a I lot agree. of people, I think, are prepared to put up with ads. If they mean they get the content for free, it's the rest of it. I, my people would put up with ads if they if they were less obtrusive, if they didn't take over your screen, if they didn't require scripting that can allow for the security problems, and if they they weren't 450 different referrals off every single page, meaning that the web page performance is slow. It goes right back to what I was saying: small inline text-based advertising that doesn't require any kind of scripting or anything. If you just hover it over it, it goes directly to the ad, to the person advertising, to the company but that's the, advertising. The, yeah. The, the problem is the advertisers then go, oh, if you don't have scripting, we can't tell who's a real reader and who isn't. I mean, part, part of the problem as well is back when it was simple page views, people were gaming that. They were going, oh, well, if I, if I can up my page view count, then I'll get more money. And what they were doing, they were writing bots and scripts that were actually artificially upping the page counts. So that's the, the advertiser said, oh, we've got to have scripting because otherwise we can't verify that people are real. Yep. You know. It's a vicious circle, no question. David, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. 
It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Back here on TechFan247, I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. You know, David, it was... uh, We're recording an hour later than we usually do. But even that, it was very difficult for me to get motivated to sit down to do a podcast today. Why is that? I mean, Daredevil Season 2 started on Netflix. I wasn't aware it was out so soon. So far, so good. I think I'm uh, halfway through Episode 4. Yeah? Yeah. Now, Daredevil, the first season, great as it was, it was a little <clears throat> bit uneven. So, you know, I've read that, but and I rewatched the entire series just about like two months ago, and I don't see this unevenness that people talk about. Every episode had something in it that furthered the story. Yes, could it have been six? Sure, and cut out a whole bunch of the, I don't know what. The the way that they built these characters up and uh, the outside character, it it all worked a hundred percent for me. There was no there was no fluff in it. Well, I I don't think fluff. It's just that some of the storylines kind of developed fairly slowly. I um, I don't I'm not in a big rush to have storylines just uh, dropped yeah, in my it. lap and go oh well, here you go here's the conflict every, here's I, a resolution I, I, there's I, one episode I know what you mean every time Karen met <coughs> Ripper, yeah I kind of felt well yeah when are they going to start doing something about this all they're doing is arguing about whether they should do anything about here, it here's why they did that because by doing so they were building up uh, Ben Urich and by the way spoiler so anybody who hasn't seen season one don't don't listen to the next 10 minutes or so. <laughs> the The reason that they did it that way, and this is why it's so good, David, you really started learning more and more about Ben, the reporter she's talking to, and his character is fleshed out more and more and more with each one of these iterations, uh, each one of these uh, conversations that take place, right? Mm-hmm. So when he is killed... <gasps> It is so much I more. Finished watching it yet? You have you. to. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, he. It, it is so much more dramatic when he dies that it really hits the 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 viewer because if you're a comic book fan, Ben Eric doesn't die. Yeah, I know. I know. But they yeah. killed him in the very first season after building up his character, meeting his wife, this relationship he starts with Karen teaching her right from wrong and and how you go about things and building a case that helps build Karen's character. So you really get to know her and then for him to be killed in such a dramatic way by the Kingpin and so brutally it, it made the Kingpin even a better villain than he already was. I mean, mean, yeah, that payoff was, was very good, but you can't do that if, if they don't have all those conversations there, you you think, you think uh, Fisk is, you know, it's going to scare him off and everything and, and maybe beat him up. But you don't think he's going to kill him. And, and, even, you, and even right up to the point where Fisk says, at that point, you, you kind of, yeah, it really does kind of poleaxe you. But I, I just. Yeah, but you I, know I, that I know. Ben's not scared of him. I yeah. mean, he is physically scared of him. But his character is such that he is not going to be intimidated and forced to back away. And you know that because of all these conversations he's had throughout the whole season with Karen. Yeah, I, I just, 
I just felt that the conversations themselves could have kind of been more than just arguing about what to do. Oh, I, I think it, it I, built both of those characters. It made Karen a better character, especially coming into season two. I think that it, it was so much more holy whatever when he's killed. Um, and then it also, when his wife talks to Karen at the funeral, at, at the gravesite, that has so much more impact because you know what these conversations Karen was having with Ben was all this time. And that's just one of the things that I know, like you just said, that's kind of a fluff thing that they kind of padded the season. If they would have got rid of half of those, they could have probably saved an entire episode. But yeah. I think that the fluff, that those things that people are complaining about, is what made it so great. I, I really do. I, it's Those are the, the intimate, quiet moments between the action scenes that make the action scenes so much better. So I would disagree. I, I don't think... I think it was as, as lean as it needed to be to really establish who these characters are. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of see what you're saying. I, I still, you know, there were, there were times when it, when I just kind of was looking forward to the kind of the next development, really. Um, I, re- I remember I, mean, I, I didn't watch it. Maybe it's different if you watch it all in one go. I kind of watched it over a few weeks. So, um, Perhaps, perhaps it was more visible to me that way than if you if I just binge binge through the entire season. Could be, you know. But I'll, I'll tell you what: having watched um, Jessica Jones yep. uh, a few months afterwards, I felt Jessica Jones handled that better. In that there was always more going on in Jessica Jones, see, uh, episode by episode. But maybe maybe that's an unfair comparison because there's fewer kind of principles in that. Uh, yeah, there is, but. I would almost say that what you're complaining about Daredevil the first season is more true with Jessica Jones. How many times does she have to be in a position where she could just end Kilgrave and doesn't? That she's brooding over Kilgrave once again and more brooding and more brooding and more brooding. Um, that I think Jessica Jones, and don't get me wrong, I loved that series. It's, it's almost as good as Daredevil's first season. Almost. Um, I thought there was way they could have cut a whole episode out of that and it would have been better. Yeah. Yep. I guess it's just yeah, well, you know, different different strokes, different folks. There you go. But here's the thing. What they're doing with comic book characters right now on television and the movies, it's never been better. It just hasn't. Yeah, no. You know, next week Superman V Batman comes out. I'm going. Um yep. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Captain America Civil War even more. The last trailer blew me away. It was so freaking good. I almost feel sorry for DC. I almost do. Because here's their big moment. Here's their big movie. Superman versus Batman. It's everywhere. It's on cereal boxes, Dorito bags, uh, 7-Eleven, all over the internet, all over television. And what's Marvel do with a, a movie that's still months away? They release a trailer that just yep. blows the trailers away for for DC. I, know. I mean, I, I think yeah, the I think DC um, is always going to suffer in, in comparison to what Marvel have done, and and really, it's not in, in, in theaters only. East, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because what DC is doing on television is way better than what Marvel is doing in television. Yeah. If you don't yeah. put Netflix in there, yeah. 
Um, but I, I think that um, you know the difference, of course, is that people forget how long Marvel has been building this universe. I mean, it's a it's a decade project at this yeah. point. And, um, and DC is trying to shortcut that. Yeah, they are. They so, might. Uh, they I, might I, succeed. I, I am, I'm, I'm, I am worried about Batman versus Superman because, from what I know of what's in it, it, it basically you have to have. You've got Lex Luthor. He sets up a a, a fight, or he he um, reinforces the anger of Batman to create a Batman v Superman fight. They have to resolve that. They have to um, come together against a bigger foe, and then they also have to bring in a whole load of other DC characters to set up the beginning of the Justice League. I, I worry how how well they can do that in a even a three hour movie. I really, really do, and that's my only concern. With yeah. it. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I'm concerned that it's going to be, um, you know, story-wise. And let's face it, Zack Snyder has a slightly patchy record um, that it that it might end up being a bit of a mess. So I really hope it doesn't. The, the word I've heard is apparently um, uh, Gal Gal Gadot, who plays uh, Wonder Woman, is uh, apparently is the standout in this movie. Good. I, I Wonder Woman since the 70s hasn't got the credit or or the attention she deserves i mean she is a better warrior than batman or superman she's been doing it for hundreds of years yeah and i like the fact that they're going back to world war ii with that character for the the first wonder woman movie yeah that that's very interesting to me but everything is dark and oh we got to treat them like the enemy, even if there's a 1% chance. And then they come out with this giant explosion, and there's one woman. Uh, I thought she was with you. I mean, really? It, it just doesn't work. And then yet, here's Civil War, the trailer, where there's all this action, all this intrigue, best friend against best friend, and then very end, all right, I've had enough of this. Under ruse, and then <laughs> oh, there's Spider Man. Yeah, and it's just like was... wow. I mean, when he calls, when he says, when Tony Stark says under ruse, yeah, and Spider Man comes flying in like that, and and yeah. takes not only takes Captain America's shield, but webs his hands together. Yeah, I'm I'm just sitting there in awe. The yeah. only trailer that I've liked more this year is the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. That one looks amazing. Yeah, I must admit we went to. Uh, I'm we went so to dying to see Harley Quinn. Oh my god! Yeah, I'd seen I'd seen the trailers for Suicide Squad already, but my wife hadn't, uh, and she. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a geek, but she loves a comic book movie. She loves all the, all the comic book movie, comic TV, book TV series. She's always always loved them, and she's not heard the Suicide Squad before. But as soon as she saw the trailer, she said. We're going to see that. That looks really, really good. You know, if someone would have told me a year ago there's going to be a a, a a Suicide Squad movie, well, I knew a year ago, so two years ago, and to advertise it, they're going to use Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, and Will Smith is going to be in it. I'd have been like, ugh, it's going to be so bad. Yeah. Oh my God, you really, Will Smith? They're going to use that. Ugh. Bohemian Rhapsody is really known for Wayne's World, goofy and blah blah blah, and and yet they did it so freaking good. It's whoever made the Suicide Squad trailer really should have made Superman v Batman. And let's not even talk about Ghostbusters trailer. I was kind of excited about it, but man, a lot of people are seem to be really hating on it. And I, I'll be honest with you, man, I think most people are hating on it because it's girls. 
Yeah, absolutely. Which is I, a shame I, because I think every one of the the principals in that are brilliant actresses. Um, they're so funny, and yeah. I, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked like a a good fun movie. It's a good way to reboot it. I, I don't I don't get why people are taking a Ghostbusters reboot so seriously. You know, it, it was never a serious movie to begin with. No, it's, well, that's that's exactly what I mean. It, and the know, second is, one sucked. The second one was terrible. Yeah, the first one was a great, great movie and yeah. some great performances in it. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not a Best Picture Oscar. No, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't understand how it's how that film has become put up on on such a pedestal that that you know that it's sacrosanct and any changes you make to it. And you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of when they uh, when they were when they were doing the Battlestar Galactica miniseries, yeah. and the people went, "Oh, they made Starbuck a girl. Oh, that's just terrible, terrible." Until it came out, and then everyone realised what a great um, performance it was, and what a great decision it was, and how it really took a character. Let's face it, in the original was very, very shallow. He was so one-dimensional and made it much more interesting. Yep. Yeah, and I think this will be the same as well. This will be, exa- and I, I love what they, I love the approach they're taking with this. You know, they're they're mixing up the the kind of the way the team gets together. They've you know done this this great thing where they've taken, you know, one of the a, a guy who plays one of the world's iconic muscle bound superheroes and turned him into the Annie Potts kind of you know ditzy character. It's it's brilliant. It's yep. absolutely brilliant. I'm sure it's going to be a great great movie. I I think Ghostbuster. I'm totally there. When I watched the the ad, I've seen it like three times now. I called the kids in to watch it the second time because I thought it looked great, and both the kids were like, "Yeah, I want to go see that." It yeah. it, it just looks like a fun movie, and I don't understand. Like you said, why are people taking this like, "Oh my God, they're touching our beloved." Now look, there are some movies and franchises they should not touch. I would put Back to the Future at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. I would also yeah. put stuff like, man, nah, maybe The Godfather. Uh, you yeah. don't you don't touch that again. Well, especially as a kind of the, the later sequels for that kind of showed what happens when you don't do it right. Actually, if you go back and you watch Godfather three years after the, it's not as bad as people remember, but it's it doesn't hold a candle to the first two. Yeah, and the first two are really it's it's really one movie. Yeah. Um, it, I just want to tell yeah. people to relax. This is supposed yeah. to be fun. Look what they did with Rocky. Everybody's like, ugh, really? A new Rocky movie? It's called Creed? It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It was so good. Some people were surprised that Sylvester Stallone didn't win Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. in my, if he would have won, I wouldn't have been surprised because he played a great role. Yeah. And yet, somehow, most of the time, what they're doing now is so good that you go back and you look at the initial response... Oh, Starbuck is a girl. Really? I bet you don't say that now. Yeah. I mean, if so, they remade that role and they made Starbuck that shallow character by Dirt Benedict again, then people would have a reason to go, what? This is, no, we can't do that. Yeah. yeah. But having said that, the uh, counterpoint to that whole argument is is deeply how I feel about the announcement of Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> Where, you know, all those things we've just been criticising people for have uh, reactions for having. You can't, you can't help but um, viscerally think, well, the fourth one was so terrible. Well, here's the thing, really, though. Are they going to? And and, and, and no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Seventies now, are they going to go and do this again? Yeah, but here's the thing, and that's here's the problem. I don't have a problem with new people like J.J. Abrams taking his crack at Star Wars. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, the guy who did uh, Creed, the Rocky, great. Yeah. He's a new guy. Yeah. You know, a new take on it. Ghostbusters, uh, Paul Feig, you know, he's bringing his comic sensibilities and new actresses and actors to it. I have no problem with that. Indiana Jones, oh, we're going to get something new. Nope, it's going to be Steven Spielberg again with Harrison. with Harrison Ford. And oh, no, they, the, well, the, yeah, the, the difference is is that there's no George Lucas this time. And the, the kind of play that, I mean, Spielberg's been kind of saying this for years, is that, oh, yeah, Lucas ruined the movie. Well, he, you know, he's he, Steven you know, Spielberg. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, this is the thing. You kind of and think, Harrison well, Ford. Come yeah, on, guys. Kind of, between the yeah, they're both fairly forceful characters. You would imagine they would be able to kind of talk George off whatever particular cliff he was coming from. And the problems I have, I had with that movie. You know, everyone goes on about the um, the refrigerator scene where he gets you know blown blown through the air by the nuclear explosion, survives in the refrigerator. And that was one of the things where Spielberg said, "Oh, that wasn't me. That was George." I didn't have much, I had less of a problem with that with the fact that the the whole plot of the movie made no sense. Well, you know, they, you know why I didn't? They went yeah. through this whole thing, and then the end of it, they find the aliens, and the aliens just kind of blow somebody's head up and disappear off. Yep. And I just think, well, what what was all of that for? Right. Well, it was it was the only Indiana Jones movie where it didn't need Indiana Jones in it. Yeah. <laughs> it made no sense. But here's the thing about the him the the nuclear explosion. And he survives in a refrigerator. I just read this online. Someone's got a theory about this. And the funny thing is, I've been thinking this for a long time. He drank out of the cup in the Last Crusade. Yeah, I had this theory. Yeah. yeah. So he he the- drank out of the cup of the kind con- of. Con- what was it? Is that what it is? The uh, yeah, the Holy Grail. Ho- thank you, the Holy Grail. So he drinks out of that, which he then used to pour water on his father, and it heals him instantly, right? Yeah. And it was keeping the one guy alive forever, but that was because he couldn't break the seal, and as soon as he did, he was ghost. Blah blah blah. Wouldn't that have any kind of a residual effect on Indy? Couldn't they then use that to reboot the series on more modern times? Pick it up in yeah, the sixties. I think that would be a that would be an interesting take to show a seventy seven year old is he seventy seven or seventy two? I don't know. He's in his seventies anyway. To show a seventies year old Indiana Jones as Harrison Ford playing him at his age today, set in this year and say, you know, and kind of saying, Well yeah, I drank from the I drank from the cup and Basically, um, I'm immortal. That means even though I've aged, I've aged much more, much slower yeah, than that, I. That than would be interesting. Mother. I think that would be an interesting take. Yep. Um, and 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 would allow him to be in the movie as kind of a background figure. You could hark back to something he did in the forties or the fifties, uh, but then have somebody kind of pick up the mantle and kind of pass him. I think that would be an interesting way to take it forward. Yep. Without kind of doing the kind of, I mean, you forget. You forget how old even the last one was, um, how long ago it was, and and really, you know, I mean, it was it was a tough sell even then to have Harrison Ford at that age, kind of doing the whole running, jumping, throwing yourself around thing. I I have to believe it's 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 unfeasible now. I mean, in in the Force Awakens, yeah, it was Han Solo and everything, but they didn't have him doing anything really physical because you could tell from the his bearing and the way you could tell he was old. Yep. You know, they, they it wouldn't sell, I don't think, if they tried to have Indy doing the stuff Indy always does. But, you know, then you look at <clears throat> the last Terminator movie, which some people liked, some people hated. I didn't mind. It wasn't bad to me. 
I, I didn't think it, I didn't think it was anywhere near as terrible as people made no, it. No, I agree. I don't. I'm not going to say it was great either. But I was blown away when Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's the young one, and it was yeah. so super convincing. I mean, I'm looking at that going, okay, I know that CGI, but holy hell, it looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It even looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger as he was lit and filmed in the original yes, movie. Yes, exactly. I mean, that was the thing about it. So couldn't you yeah. do that with Indy? Well, I couldn't guess. Harrison Ford play the role still? Uh, they just what? digitally take him away and make him young again? Would I, I people freak they, out? It depends how. Well, there's two. There's two aspects. That first of all is how convincingly can it be done for a whole movie rather than for a scene. Well, it would and take secondly, a long time, but they can do second, it. Yeah, and secondly, how much would it cost? What would it do to the production cost of the movie? Yeah, but a, a new Indiana Jones where it's Harrison Ford as a young man again would make a billion dollars. It would do, but the problem with Indiana Jones is that it, I mean, it, if you go back to the original Raised Lost Ark, it it. A lot of it was about physical, real effects. Uh, yeah, and I think if, if you did the whole thing in CGI, unless you did it so convincingly that it actually looked like they were doing practical effects with a CGI character, um, it, would, it would lose something in the translation. It would become kind of a Phantom Menace type thing because the, you know, the, the, was it what they call it, the Uncanny Valley, you would just be able to tell it wasn't quite right. Yeah. You know, the, the great thing about Raiders of the Lost Ark is the fact that we know that um, you know, Harrison Ford was shooting those scenes. That's why he shot the guy because he had dysentery and he wanted to. Um, you know, he couldn't face doing a long fight scene. We know that that was actually him hanging from the um, you know the bottom of the truck, being dragged along the ground. And you know, in, we know that it was him in the snake pit because we, you know, nowadays you can see the the pane of glass in front of him and the cobra. We. That, that's part of what made those films great because then they themselves were trying to hark back to the classic serials of the 30s and the 40s. So to go the whole kind of whole, you know, look, we can do anything with the Magic in Computers route. And, and I say this as somebody who loves computer graphics, I really do. You know, I just think you'd kind of, you might lose something in the translation. Maybe. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I would still like to see it done. Just, yep. I, I'm not saying necessarily Indiana Jones, but I, I would like someone to do that movie. How about they do the movie we talked about with Indy as a kind of superannuated because of the cup guy in 2016. But when they talk about what he did in the past, they use CGI to bring back River Phoenix as young Indiana Jones. No, because that character is dead. <laughs> that would be... But here's the thing. Young Indy was a great TV series. It was well yeah. done. So you know George Lucas can do good work, but obviously yeah. he has nothing to do with any of it anymore. He doesn't own any. No, of it. I, I th I, he's he's definitely been, um, you know. <laughs> Which is the only part, it's part the, of the deal was with with the with the Disney thing is is you know he Disney goes, said bye -bye. George here's your here's your millions of dollars by the way Billions. we want the keys to everything Billions. yeah and you ain't coming in anymore <laughs> yeah and he's very bitter about that I think and I don't blame him because. The Force Awakens got such a positive reaction, and his prequels, his three prequels, didn't get half this reaction. And I think he's oh, yeah, a little bitter about it, and I get it. I would be, too. You know, you get to see somebody else playing with your toys, and they did a better job than you. Well, um, yeah, but if you, sell, if, you, if you sell your toys to somebody else, you can't really, you yeah. know? He's got, he's got many millions of reasons to get over it. Bi billions. <laughs> get over himself. Billions. Yeah. Not millions. Billions. With a B. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I know this is Tech Fan, and I hope you guys don't mind us talking geeky movie stuff for a little while here. But uh, 
you know, it's who we are, David. It's uh, yeah. if we only ever talk about hard tech, I would be bored. We got to we got to talk about stuff that we're enjoying. So Apple has an event coming next week. We'll obviously talk about um, whatever's released. I know there's rumors. I know there's other shows out there right now talking about what's Apple going to release. And I'm just not interested in talking about it, to be honest, because I don't care what they're going to release until they do. I really yeah, don't. Uh, I, I don't care. Right now, I don't absolutely. care. I'll be. I, I'll care Monday. But yeah, is it Monday that they're doing it? It is Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. So it you know it's going to be almost a week old news by the time we record the next tech fan. I'm fine with that. But yeah. I, I just don't want to spend a half hour talking about. Oh, maybe this and maybe that, and I don't mind talking about what the next Apple TV is going to be when it it's potentially a year away. Yeah. But when it's just next week, who cares? Because half the people that that's listen to this might not even hear this until that's already out. out. And then they're just listening so. going, well, you were wrong about that, and you were wrong and, about and that. And actually, I enjoy the fact that we'll have a few days, because the problem is you always get the same um, talking points yeah. immediately after a presentation from Apple. Yep. And then normally what happens is after about two, three days, people check the website, read all the white papers, and really understand... The, the details in the background behind whatever's released, yep. and um, hopefully by that time we'll be able to talk with a, a, you know, with we'll be a bit more informed. Imagine that. Uh, All right, David. First. Yeah, we'd love to hear feedback from you, the listener. Whether you're uh, um, a casual listener, a hardcore listener, whether whatever you are, we, we'd like to to know what you think of the show give us your opinions on some of these movies coming out which one are you looking forward are you looking forward to captain america superman uh doctor strange that's going to be like christmas time isn't it yeah i think so towards yeah. the end i mean there's a lot of cool movies coming out let us know which one you're looking forward to did you watch the new daredevil would would you think you like it send us an email the show at techfanpodcast.com or simply leave a message for us on Twitter or Facebook. We're on both of those. Uh, David, we will be back in uh, one week. I'll see you then. <laughs>